Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Sports Time Machine here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. I'm Anna Kagrakis, and each week we head down memory lane as I take you back in time and remember some of the greatest moments in sports history. Leave your flux capacitor at home. All you need to do is subscribe to the show on iTunes or any of your other favorite directories like Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Now, many sports fans know this signature introduction. But it's time. It's time for Dodger baseball. Vin Scully is best known for calling 67 seasons of Dodger baseball. He is a national treasure, the voice that is synonymous with the Dodgers, and for many, just baseball as a whole. He began his career when the franchise was located in Brooklyn in 1950. Today, we'll listen to some of the greatest calls and moments in Vin Scully's career, but also highlight his final call that happened this week in sports history when Vin Scully said his farewell and called his final game for the Dodgers. We'll hear that goodbye later in the show and also talk to Brett Tomko, former pitcher and 14-year baseball veteran and host of the Believe in Dodgers podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. Now, Vince Scully is known for telling classic stories about ballplayers and other events that were going on in the game and also around the world. Scully's run constitutes the longest tenure of any broadcaster with a single team in professional sports history. He was born in the Bronx and grew up in Manhattan and actually grew up a New York Giants fan. But in 1950, Scully joined Red Barber and Connie Desmond in the Brooklyn Dodgers radio and television booths. When Barber got into a salary dispute with Gillette, a World Series sponsor, Scully took Barber's spot for the 1950 World Series. And at 23 years old, Scully became the youngest person to broadcast a World Series game. In 1958, Vin Scully joined the Dodgers in their new location, Los Angeles, and then in 1964 became the lead play-by-play announcer. In addition to Dodgers games, Scully also called various national baseball games, football, and golf contests for CBS Sports from 1975 to 1982. He was also the NBC Sports lead baseball play-by-play announcer from 1983 to 1989. His iconic melodic voice and unique style made him regarded by many as the greatest baseball broadcaster of all time. With 67 years of Dodger baseball, 
There were so many incredible moments. But before we hear his farewell, let's hear some of the greatest calls of Vin Scully's career. Here's sound from the past. Clayton Kershaw with a record of 6-2, and 1-0 against the Rockies this year. The 1-2 pitch on the way, slow curveball. See you later. Oh, that's not fair. Slow breaking ball. 14 strikeouts, a career high. And he is four outs away. One hopper right at Gonzalez. For eight innings, he has not allowed a hit. Heaves a big sigh of relief as he walks off the field. And he has three outs to go. And amongst the large crowd, the big heart of his wife, Ellen, beats a little faster. And there is one out to go. One miserable, measly out. Got it. He's done it. Clayton Kershaw pitches a no-hitter, a career-high 15 strikeouts, and although it's lost in the excitement, the Dodgers are four games behind the San Francisco Giants. Sandy Koufax walked out to the mound to pitch a fateful ninth, where he turned in a no-hitter. But tonight, September the 9th, 1965, he made the toughest walk of his career, I'm sure, because through eight innings, he has pitched a perfect game. He has struck out 11. He has retired 24 consecutive batters. And the first man he will look at is catcher Chris Cruz, big right-hand hitter. Colfax lifted his cap, ran his fingers through his black hair, and pulled the cap back down, fussing at the bill. Cruz must feel it, too, as he backs out, heaves a sigh, took off his helmet, put it back on, and steps back up to the plate. One and two, the count to Chris Krug. It is 9.41 p.m. on September the 9th. And there's a 29,000 people in the ballpark and a million butterflies. The time on the scoreboard is 9.44. The date, September the 9th, 1965. Two to Harvey Keene. One strike away. Sandy into his windup. Here's the pitch. Swung out and missed a perfect game. On the scoreboard in right field, it is 9.46 p.m. in the city of the Angels, Los Angeles, California. And a crowd of 29,139. Just sitting in to see the only pitcher in baseball history to hurl four no-hit, no-run games. He has done it four straight years, and now he capped it on his fourth no-hitter. He made it a perfect game. And Sandy Koufax, whose name will always remind you of strikeouts, did it with a flourish. Foul ball. Got Manny on the right leg. Hits the ground and nailed him more than the right leg. Are you okay? I'm okay. One ball and no strikes. Aaron waiting. The outfield deep and straight away. Fastball is a high drive into deep left center field. Buckner goes back to the fence. It is gone. What a marvelous moment for baseball. What a marvelous moment for Atlanta and the state of Georgia. What a marvelous moment for the country and the world. 
a black man is getting a standing ovation in the deep south for breaking a record of an all-time baseball idol. And it is a great moment for all of us, and particularly for Henry Aaron, who was met at home plate not only by every member of the Braves, but by his father and mother. He threw his arms around his father, and as he left the home plate area, his mother came running across the grass, threw her arms around his neck, kissed him for all she was worth. As Aaron circled the bases, the Dodgers on the infield shook his hand, and that was a memorable moment. Aaron is being mobbed by photographers. He is holding his right hand high in the air, and for the first time in a long time, that poker face of Aaron shows the tremendous strain and relief of what it must have been like to live with for the past several months. It is over. At 10 minutes after 9 in Atlanta, Georgia, Henry Aaron has eclipsed the mark set by Babe Ruth. But the game right now is at the plate. High fly ball into right field. She is gone! In a year that has been so improbable, the impossible has happened. Sound courtesy of Major League Baseball. Now that last one is a bit tough for me as an A's fan. But Vince Scully's call of Kirk Gibson's famous home run during Game 1 of the 1988 World Series is regarded as his best. In fact, Dodger fans named this moment the most memorable Vince Scully call by a fan vote. Now when Vince Scully called the last three out of Sandy Koufax's perfect game, he mentioned in another interview that he wanted Sandy and his family and his grandchildren to one day really remember that moment. And one of the little extra things he did for that game was give the time each time there was an out recorded towards the end of the game. And for some reason, it was all that anyone could talk about the next day when it came to Sandy Koufax's call. But really, it was just an homage for Sandy and to help him remember every moment of that game. But 67 years, so incredible. And so many incredible moments. On January 31st, 2016, Vince Scully announced his plan to retire from broadcasting at the conclusion of the 2016 season. Retiring at age 88, ending his record-breaking run as the team's play-by-play announcer. Now, Scully was honored by the Dodgers during their September 23rd home game against the Rockies, The team held a pregame ceremony that paid tribute to his career. It included speeches from the baseball commissioner, Rob Manfred, Sandy Koufax, Clayton Kershaw, even Kevin Cosner, and so many others. Now, his final home game was a doozy. On September 25, 2016, the Dodgers won in a 10th inning walk-off against the Rockies, and in doing so, clinched the National League West division title. An exciting close to his career in L.A. But the final broadcast of his career was the Dodgers' October 2nd game at AT AT&T Park against the San Francisco Giants. Scully's commentary during his final game was simulcast in its entirety on radio instead of just the first three innings. I'll play his final message, but before we hear more of his finale, 
let's revisit some of his greatest moments with Brett Tomko. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. All right, now we're going to head back in time with Brett Tomko, who hosts the Believe in Dodgers podcast along with Josh Luke. Thank you so much for joining me, Brett. Really appreciate you coming on today. Yeah, no problem. Glad uh, glad to be on the show. Well, first, let's talk about your podcast right now. Obviously, a lot going on with baseball, with playoff baseball. You're right in the meat of it right now. Let's talk about your podcast, how it gets started, and you know what's that relationship like with you and Josh? Um, yeah, so Josh and I, we went to high school together and played basketball together. Um, his brother, Matt, played for the Dodgers. So we, we come from a, a very close-knit community uh, in Orange County. And, and when the podcast kind of started up, um, we, you know, it's based around the Dodgers and we cover a lot of baseball stuff, but, but uh, heavily on the Dodgers. And I kept thinking, like, who can I get to help, you know, host this show? And I'm like, who's the biggest Dodger fan I know? And, and like the light bulb went off and I'm like, Oh, Josh, Josh is like the most diehard Dodger, crazy super fan. I know <laughs> he watches every single game in his backyard every single night. So, you know, if anyone's going to know like the Dodger and fan perspective, which, which is a great, you know, kind of balance between us both. Cause he's, he's the typical fan that's saying, well, why are they doing this? They should be doing that. And then I can come in and say, well, cause maybe this happened in the clubhouse or, or, you know, whatever happened. So it's, it's a good kind of mix for us to kind of throw stuff at each other, but you know, we've known each other a long time and, and, and it, it's, it's been a lot of fun. That's great. So it sounds like you actually have a really good rapport with each other and it sounds like you're a really good team together. Yeah, it's been, it's been good. We've, uh, we're still, we're still a young show. Um, I think we're 37, 38 episodes into it and, and it's it's kind of evolving every day, every episode we do, but we're kind of getting our in our groove now. But um, yeah, we make it fun. We try to we try to keep it real lighthearted and just talk good baseball stuff and just not get too serious about it. Usually we we go off on rants and, and you know we have a show set up and we're like let's all hit all these topics and then all of a sudden we go out like on a tangent and talk nothing about what we're talking we're supposed to be talking about, but they always end up you know, entertaining and fun for us. I think sometimes those are the best shows. At the end of the day, those are always the best because there's something surprising that comes out of there. And it's just so much fun. It's just so real. I love it. Well, yeah, by, by far, by far, those are the best. Um, we, we, we always say that too, after the show, after we shut down, like, dude, that was a good show. I love it. It's fun. But now one of the things that we're missing this baseball season and actually the last few baseball seasons is the voice of Vin Scully. Now in this episode of Sports Time Machine, it's an ode to Vin Scully as we look back at the final game of his illustrious broadcast career. All your years in baseball, you went to various teams. What's the first thing though that you think of when it comes to Vin Scully? Well, I think I think of growing up because, you know, I'm an Orange County kid, um, you know, so watching uh, the Dodger games on TV, that that's the most iconic thing you can really think of is is the voice like every time you turn on ktla you're going to hear vin scully do the game so you know i think of my childhood when i when i really think of vin scully and and just the you know the combination and you know kind of what i always thought of the dodgers it wasn't even what like who was on the team it was vin scully that was Mm -hmm. to me what the dodgers were about 
So you've played 14 years in Major League Baseball, various teams, and you obviously, you know, as a baseball player yourself, met many play-by-play announcers. How does he? How did he compare to the other announcers that were out there? Well, I think I think there's there's a few just iconic voices and announcers that you can relate to certain teams. Bob Euchre with Milwaukee, Harry Carey with Chicago, um, Jack Buck with St. Louis. Those are guys that like when you think about you know, a city and the sound of a telecast or a broadcast, like that's what you think of. Um, Marty Burnerman in, in Cincinnati, because I was a Cincinnati, um, you know, that's where I came up with, um, you know, so they're iconic. They're, 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 they're everything that the team is about. And, you know, a lot of times when you, when you, I think most people think of a certain team, they, they, that's the first thing they think they think of is, is the announcer because the announcer is going to be there. Someone that iconic more than any player is ever going to be there. You know, especially those guys, they start, you know, 30, 40 years ago and they're still there. Marty Brenneman once told me when when a player would question stuff, he's like, son, I was here a long time before you and I'm going to be here a long time (laughs) after you. So like, you know, those guys that are, that are, you know, staples in the city those guys are around forever and there's generations and generations that um get to enjoy that and i think with vin um you know he's like i said i mean i uh, the year is going to slip me but when he started i mean it's probably black and white tv like he was around that long that you know people in their 70s 80s remember vin scully and there's people in their 20s that are going to remember vin scully yeah, he was with Brooklyn. I mean, he was with the Brooklyn Dodgers. That's how far back he goes. And then, yeah. you know, you're talking about how you grew up in Southern California and you grew up listening to him. Did you meet him? Like the first time you met him, what was that like? And then all of a sudden you hear your name come out of his mouth. Was that kind of surreal? Yeah, that that that's, that is a funny thing. So you grow up, you grow up listening to, to baseball games. And I never thought I was going to be a, a major league baseball player. I think kids, you know, when you're in your backyard, you talk about it. Um, I blossomed a little bit later uh, in my, I guess, childhood um, baseball wise. So it wasn't something that I really thought about. So as you go up through the minor leagues, you get to the big leagues. And the first time you go to Dodger Stadium, I I pitched the ESPN game against Hideo Nomo. And I remember hearing the tape back because I went back and watched the video and it was Vin Scully, you know, saying, talking about like where you grew up and right down the road and placentia and stuff like that, where you're like, dude, that's Vin Scully talking about me. And like I said, I think there's like, same thing with like Harry Carey and Bob Euchre. Like when you, when you hear those broadcasts on tape and you go, dude, there's no way they just said my name because it, it doesn't even really sound real because these guys have been around and they've witnessed so many great players and so many, so many things to actually think that, you're part of that is it's still it's still a little bit of a trip when when I really like sit down and think about it. Well, you're talking about all the little stories that he says in between. I was actually as I was researching this podcast, I came upon some audio of him talking about the history of beards during a game. And he brought up like ancient history, talking about Alexander the Great, Egyptian history. Then he brought up Abraham Lincoln's beard. It had nothing to do with baseball, but it was so fascinating. I don't know if you ever had a chance to see him prep. I know that you're obviously getting on the fields and everything at that point, but did you ever know if like he was more of a Renaissance man or if that was just kind of prep that he had just in case he had any lulls in the game? Well, I think the tough thing for him was is he did them by himself. Mm-hmm. So he didn't have a color guy. And I think that's where, you know, when I really think about 
getting into like the podcast world and having to like, you know, talk about things and keep a conversation going to really think about how, you know, and I did some stuff like in the minor leagues, knowing that my career was kind of over, like, do I want to go into broadcast? I used to go up into the booth and, and do uh, color for our play-by-play guy. And it, it's tough. It's tough to sit there, especially in games that are blowouts or, you know, you just trying to fill dead airspace. So, you know, the preparation and really knowing your stories and, and, and making it entertaining because, you know, if the Dodgers are, we'll say winning by 20 or losing by 20, there's people still tuning in and, and it's not super exciting to talk about. So to have these stories and these, these fun things to talk about, you know, makes, it makes it a lot, a lot more easy to digest a game when, when Vin is just kind of spewing off fun facts and stories and, and telling the stories like beautifully, not just, you know, giving facts, but like almost painting a picture. And I think that's where these iconic guys and these guys that are around so long, they could sit there and paint you the picture of Dodger stadium or an event and really make it. So you were almost feel like you're, you were there in person. And, you know, when you talk about people, you know, who are the best at it, Vin's going to be right at the top. That's a perfect way to put it. Cause he really was an artist when it comes to calling games. That's actually a perfect way to put it. You can go ahead also later and give Josh a hug later, or give him a fist bump right now too, since it's, you know, we're not supposed to be hugging people apparently right now. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Um, but did you have a favorite call of his? Do I have a favorite call of his? Like everybody always, I know his favorite that everybody says was the Kirk Gibson call, but do you have a favorite? I that, That's a tough one. I mean, the Gibson thing was great. I think when it, when he says, you know, it's, it's time for Dodger baseball, I think that's, for me, it's it. That's kind of the iconic phrase that I think of. Not a particular, you know, call or or an event. It's just kind of always like the start of the game was was kind of the thing that I think about the most. Now on on October second, twenty sixteen. So four years ago today, Vince Scully's final game that he called was a Dodgers versus Giants game at AT and T Park. How fitting was it to close his career? with a rivalry game, you played for both teams. How fitting was that? Well, I, I think it's, you know, I, I think the Dodger giant rivalry is, is as big as they come. I'm still friends with one of the owners and, and we were actually texting back and forth uh, last night during some, some of the playoffs games. So, you know, we go, but she knows I do this, this podcast um, covering the Dodgers and she's still, you know, slightly, I think hates me for it, <laughs> even though <laughs> it's all in good fun, but, you know, the, the Dodger giant rivalry is, is, is just crazy, especially, you know, walking into, you know, giant stadium as a Dodger, you know, you're just going to get abused. You know, you're going to go in there and just, you know, hear it from the fans. And, and, you know, you think of Boston and New York, you think of Chicago and St. Louis, you know, those are the three biggest I think you can think of, but to end your career calling a Dodger giants game, uh, you know, especially with the connection they have, uh, from New York. I, I don't, I don't think it could be, I think sometimes in baseball and life things, just the stories write themselves. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, I think of things like Derek Jeter getting his last, you know, his last game, getting a walk-off hit. Like you can't, you can't make those things up. It, it just, it presents itself. It seems like that's the way it should be. That's the way it should finish. So for Vinda you know, finish up uh, calling a Giants-Dodger game, it, it couldn't be more fitting. 
All right, Brett, I know you're busy right now getting ready for more playoff baseball Dodgers advance, but let's talk about your podcast. Where can people listen to the show and where can people find you? Uh, we're, we're on the Believe um, Network, Believe in Dodgers with the Dugout Dudes. Um, you can get it on any, any podcast um, place you get your stuff from. Uh, it's a lot of fun. We, we talk a lot of Dodgers. We kind of dive into try to dive deeper into stuff that people won't you know normally think about. But, um, yeah, take a listen. It's, it, we're having a good time doing it. Great. Now, I know you're obviously going to be picking most likely the Dodgers to represent the <laughs> National League. I'm going to go American League. Who do you think is coming out of the American League? And it's that it, it's turning out to be a really good matchup. The Yankees Rays, um, you know, there that's becoming a classic rivalry too, just because of New York training in Tampa. But I, I it, in a perfect world, I'd love to see the Dodger Yankees matchup just because it's a classic, um, you know, rivalry again. But, um, you know, I, I'm thinking that Rays Yankees series, whoever comes out of that on top is going to be in the World Series. All right. Well, Brett, thank you so much for jumping on and talking to me about Vince Scully and looking forward to hearing more from the podcast and enjoy the rest of the baseball season. All right. Thank you so much. A big thank you again to Brett for joining me today. And again, you can hear his show with Josh Luke, the Believe in Dodgers podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. But now it's time to hear what you've all been waiting for. On October 2nd, 2016, Vince Scully gave his emotional and heartfelt goodbye to the game. Afterwards, he offered a prayer and a final message. You know, friends, so many people have wished me congratulations on a 67-year career in baseball, and they've wished me a wonderful retirement with my family. And now all I can do is tell you what I wish for you. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. For every problem life seems a faithful friend to share, for every sigh a sweet song and an answer for each prayer. You and I have been friends for a long time, but I know in my heart that I've always needed you more than you've ever needed me. And I'll miss our time together more than I can say. But you know what? There will be a new day and eventually a new year. And when the upcoming winter gives way to spring, oh, rest assured, once again, it will be time for Dodger baseball. So this is Vin Scully wishing you a very pleasant good afternoon wherever you may be. He decided to conclude his career in the regular season instead of the postseason because he didn't want to have to worry about potentially saying goodbye 12 different times. Vin Scully was honored with the Ford C. Frick Award in 1982. He took home the Commissioner's Historic Achievement Award and was given the Presidential Medal of Freedom. He even has his own star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. An amazing career, but now he can just sit back and watch the game. But I'm sure he has some great stories to tell to his loved ones at home. So thank you, Vin Scully, for such an amazing career. And baseball misses you. Some other things that happened on October 2nd in history. In 1895, the first cartoon comic strip was printed in newspaper. The Yellow Kid was a story about a boy named Mickey Dugan, a bald, snaggletooth, barefoot boy who wore an oversized yellow nightshirt and hung out in an alley in late 19th century New York City. In 1955, Alfred Hitchcock Presents premiered on CBS television. Perfect timing for Halloween season. And then 
sometime in the 1980s, we'll say. I was born, so a happy birthday to me. Well, that will do it for today. Thank you again for listening to Sports Time Machine. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate Sports Time Machine on iTunes. We're also available on all your other favorite directories like Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find the show at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Anna Kagaraikis, that's K-A-G-A-R-A-K-I-S, and on Instagram as Anna Kags. You can also use the hashtag Sports Time Machine to get involved with the show, like maybe share your favorite Vince Scully moment. And if you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Well, time flies when you're having fun. Thanks for heading down memory lane with me. I'm Anna Kagaraikis. And before we go, a little treat. More than 40 years ago, someone asked Vince Scully to read their grocery list. ESPN found it and shared this glorious treasure with the world. And I say pay a little closer attention to how he says baloney. Enjoy it, and we'll talk soon. Well, let's see. We've got a dozen eggs, a quart of milk, a loaf of bread, a can of frozen orange juice, six small white onions, a green pepper, garlic powder, a package of American cheese, pickles, kosher, that is, bananas, cornflakes, maple syrup, toothpaste, paper towels, toilet paper, six bars of soap, hot dogs, quarter pound of chopped meat, steak, lamb chops, package of spaghetti, three apples, bologna, cottage cheese, a pound of butter, two ears of corn, beer, ketchup, peanut butter, soy sauce, and a half a pound of coffee. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Price drop. Time to shop. Get to a Nordstrom Rack store today for first dibs on new markdowns. Now score even more, up to 70% off brands everyone loves at Nordstrom Rack. Denim, dresses, sneakers, tops, and more. Plus, get genius deals on jackets, sweaters, and boots for the whole family. Shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and save up to 70% with new markdowns. But hurry, deals this great won't last.